Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. How do delays affect you? How do you perceive postponements, interruptions, suspensions, and deferments in what seems to be a well-thought-out plan? Proverbs 16.9 testifies, The mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. If God is at work in you by the occupation of his spirit, then God will accomplish what he desires exactly when and how he desires, and you can expect all things will be for his pleasure and glory. As a disciple of Jesus, when your lens is illuminated, anticipate God will direct every step by his foreknowledge, predetermined plan, will, workmanship, and love. God is sovereign over all things. So why would God create a delay? Or did he? You got your tanks. Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship the Way of Life, Wait. And that would be W-A-I-T, my fellow disciples. How many times did someone shout, wait, for a fast approaching vehicle? Or there's a live wire and you're not sure if the breaker is off. How about waiting in line at the supermarket? Today, with all the shortages, waiting seems to be an expected process. How about at a fast food business? When the person who's waiting right in front of you is now at the counter, and now they need to decide what they want to order? Really? Have you ever grabbed your child's collar and yelled, wait, when they were about to cross the street or because the pot or stove is hot? How about the dreaded doctor's office? You spend valuable minutes of time in what they call the waiting room. Let me ask you, why set an appointment because you never see the doctor until well after your scheduled appointed time? What about the Creator, though? What does waiting on God look like for you? Why should waiting on God be important to you? What do you do when what you plan results in a delay, postponement, interruption, suspension, or deferment? Do you tap your foot, wring your hands, drum your fingers, pace back and forth, or continually sigh and grumble to demonstrate your dislike or displeasure? Does God's timing annoy you? Or are you like an impatient child wiggling in the back seat and keep asking at every signpost, are we there yet? Because God's not moving fast enough for you. Why is waiting a necessity and what does it develop in your spiritual growth and maturity? Let's look at the definition of the word wait. To wait means to stay or remain where one is. It could also mean a delayed action until a particular time or wait until something else happens. Now, how many times can you testify that you were ready to proceed, but an unexpected event occurred and it caused the delay? And now, you need to wait. Do you immediately look to God? Or do you intensify your efforts to make what you planned happen in and when you think the event must happen? And you may have put the cart before the horse because your mind is set as to what you perceive that the timetable must be. And now you need to do it right now. 
What's the driving force behind your actions? Is it because you told everyone all about your plans and now it's not happening as you've communicated and because it didn't happen, you feel like you have egg on your face or you're embarrassed or feel humiliated by the unexpected delay? Let me testify. Waiting does not mean the progression of God's plan has ceased to exist. There must be some additional work God is preparing before he carries out his plan, or God is preparing you or preparing someone else for you before you proceed. Have you ever had someone say within your delay, Had you not been here, we would have never met. Yet, in your heart and mind, you know, had the delay not occurred in your planning, you would not have been there either, and all you can say is, but God. Did you know the Hebrew word for wait? It's kavah, and its definition is an expectant, hopeful wait. So there's a significant difference between a person that lives in a constant state of impatiently waiting and they find themselves acting upon their emotions and circumstance with a tremendous consideration for their own self-image. Compared to a person who is in a hopeful state of spiritual wait for God to make known his plans that he has already established at the foundation of the world, mind you. And he will set into motion his plan and purpose in and through your life at the exact moment that he has determined. Well, first of all, your spiritual lens must be full of light in order to see God's workmanship. And when God gives you eyes to see and a heart to believe, God imparts understanding that as the creator of all things in the heavens and on the earth, he's the master architect of all things within his creation. And in him, all things hold together, as Colossians 1 declares. And in him, all things will happen in his perfect timing, according to his foreknowledge and predetermined plan. Believe that, my fellow disciples. Then you'll understand this truth of God in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. How many times have you raised your eyes to heaven to look to God for counsel when you were clueless as to your next step? When you needed endurance, or you needed understanding, help, or wisdom, or anything else for that matter? And when you did, you humbled yourself to God's sovereignty, omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence. Now listen, my fellow disciples. God's will and ways are infinitely above all of humanity's collectively, and our perception and understanding can hardly fill the shallow end of a thimble with our finite minds. Do you think waiting on God could be a test? Because the plain old truth God does test his children, and when you read, study, and meditate on God's word, you see God tested his disciples all throughout the history of humanity. Think of David, Abraham, and Job, to name a few, and God's word confirms this truth that God indeed tests. Listen to Proverbs 17.3. 
The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests hearts. How about Psalm 26.2? Examine me, O Lord, and try me. Test my mind and my heart. Psalm 139.23 declares, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And if waiting is a test, how are you doing? You're not wiggling in the back seat, are you? Listen to Jeremiah 17.10. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. Even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. Is waiting a test or a deed? Well, my fellow disciples, in God's perspective, it could be both, but then that would depend on him. The plain old truth, God does test. And in causing you to wait, God demonstrates and confirms his sovereignty over, in, and through his creation. But the real question is, is it really a delay to God? Or is it a delay because the timetable you may have set for what you desire to happen when you want, need, or wish it to happen? Listen to Ecclesiastes 3.1 and to what it testifies. There's an appointed time for everything, and there's a time for every event under heaven. So, the simple truth, if there's an appointed time for everything, and there's a time for every event under heaven, then the word delay does not exist in God's plans, God's purpose, and God's timetable within his creation. When God gives you a lens to observe the work of his hand, you're looking for his fingerprints, looking to his spirit for direction, counsel, and guidance. And then you look at white, excuse me, and you look at what, what's right in front of you. That was a tongue twister. And now, staying focused on the task God has placed in front of you currently, because when he ordains the time, space, and element to come together, just like everything else in his creation, it follows the command of his voice. Now, I will testify in the Godcast titled Discipleship the Way of Life, remember, I was getting on the road soon, since I have now completed truck driving school and I have my CDL, plays God. But I had to stop myself. You see, that's how it's done. I said soon, yet I'm still waiting in a delay. So today, I will say, I will be completing what God has ordained for me, and I will stay focused on the tasks that he has placed in front of me. And when God says, go, I will follow his command. Amen. Transportation is the next means by which God will use to get this disciple on the move. I'll remind you of what God said to me not long ago. How can you go if you never leave? And my go, my fellow disciples, is now days away. Or is it? My go will be when God ordains it to be go. So I will wait in an expectant, hopeful frame of mind for God to move. What God commanded in Matthew 28, he means. 
and what God plans will happen, you got to believe that biblical truth. And Matthew 28, 19 and 20 commands, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So I'm extremely excited to see where, when, and all the who's God will lead this disciple to, or them to me. You can count on that. But I will tell you, this preparation process has been going on since November of 2021. And I did not have it planned this way. And all I can say is, but God. So God must have desired for the Godcast to continue and trusting that all things happen in God's timing. I continued working and trusting that God will cause all things to work together for good. Amen. Well, I started this journey at one school and ended up at another. The men I met, I didn't know they existed, that is, until I arrived, and the time spent at the school was surely a blessing. Now you tell me that you would choose to cause yourself a six-month delay. No, my fellow disciples, it was a delay based on what I perceived as my timetable. Well, apparently, what transpired at school and the divine intervention that occurred, God confirmed for yours truly, I am doing and being exactly what he and where he planned for my life. Praise God. Now, I've said this before, and I will say it again. You will be exactly where he wants you to be, exactly when he wants you to be there, even if it's upside down against that wall over there. Let me say that again. You will be exactly where he wants you to be, exactly when he wants you to be there, even if it's upside down against that wall over there. Don't you just love how God carries out his will and plan in your life. And all you can do, as a pastor once said, charge ahead with hope while looking back in awe. And I pray over the past several months, the Godcast has been a blessing in your life as well. I know it has blessed my time. And I am truly thankful to God for giving me the opportunity to bask in the truth of his word and by the inspiration of his spirit. So the plain old truth, my fellow disciples, all things occur in God's timing. When you see the work of his hand, your trust, faith, belief, and confidence grows in him. And today, I am in awe. Believe that. If you need proof as to what God ordains happens, well, check this out. God said this, and we know what God says happens because his word confirms this truth. There are hundreds of examples all throughout his word, and there are millions of lives that can and will testify. But I believe this passage of God's truth encapsulates them all. It's Isaiah 55, 11. So will my word be, which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the manner for which I sent it. Now, the simple truth, Isaiah 55, 11 has three key words. My 
me, and I. And my fellow disciples, I don't see any YOUs in there at all. Do you? Now listen to what God commanded in Genesis 7, 4. For after seven more days, I will send rain on the earth forty days and forty nights, and I will blot out from the face of the land every living thing that I have made. Now I know there are those that do not believe in the only true God, so they make up some fabrication of a regionalized flood. But God said, I will blot out from the face of the land every living thing that I have made. Now the face of the land tells me that there are every spot in, on this planet had a blot covering it. Yes or no? NGA. Now, you tell me every living thing that God made was only in one region of this phenomenal creation called Earth? How could all the animals, insects, reptiles, and birds not to mention the people, only be in one region. That doesn't even make sense because how all of what God created, having a perspective of a regionalized flood or the flood really didn't happen, is the evidence of spiritual blindness. Now, listen to what did happen. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on the same day, all the fountains of the great deep burst open, and the floodgates of the sky were opened, as Genesis 7:11 testifies. There's your evidence that God knew exactly when the flood occurred. 600th year, second month, 17th day. Why wouldn't God just have said in the time of Noah? That, my fellow disciples, is what God means by there's an appointed time for everything and there's a time for every event under heaven. Yes or no? NGA. Now God confirmed his work in Genesis 7:12. The rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. To demonstrate what God commands happens exactly as he commanded it. And that, my fellow disciples, is everything God commands. So when God commands movement, change occurs. When God commands darkness, obscurity envelops. When God commands light, illumination brightens its environment. When God commands deliverance, freedom is granted. When God commands go, you leave. NGA. When God commands waiting, You'll wait, my fellow disciples, because God's word will not return to it empty without accomplishing what he desires and without succeeding in the manner for which he sent it. Amen? Now, that God's work happened, then this happened. It's Genesis 8:10. So he waited yet another seven days, and again he sent out the dove from the ark. Then he waited yet another seven days, as Genesis 8.12 testifies, and sent out the dove, but she did not return to him again. Now, you tell me, what would you have done after all that God had just completed and happened to everything you knew as home, city, state, country, and the world? Would you be waiting 
Or would you tap your foot, wring your hands, drum your fingers, or pace back and forth because you're not happy with what God is doing in and through his creation for his own glory? Now, what do you think Noah is thinking? After God just wiped out every living thing other than Noah and his family and the creation that was on the ark, do you think Noah questioned God? Do you think Noah said, I've been on this ark for 40 days and 40 nights, and it's time for me to get rid of these sea legs. I need to get my legs back on dry land. So will you pull the plug and let the water drain? Oh, oh, please. No. Noah, living in faith, trusting in the only true God, followed the promptings of God the Holy Spirit and waited, just like God had planned. But listen to this. It's, uh, hold on, Genesis 9, 11 through 17. I establish my covenant with you, and all flesh shall never again be cut off by the water of the flood, neither shall there again be a flood to destroy the earth. God said this is the sign of the covenant which I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all successive generations. I set my bow in a cloud, and it shall be for a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. It shall come about when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow will be seen in the cloud, and I'll remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And never again shall the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the cloud, then I will look upon it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. May I ask you, even in the past day or so, in some parts of the world, other days, you've seen the bow, right? And that would be, you are in the all successive generations, correct? And this fact that the bow is a sign of God's everlasting covenant between himself and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. Is that an affirmative? So, did it flood? Yes or no? Now the plain old truth, humanity cannot explain its origin, yet God is saying he created it. What do you believe? And if you believe God, then you must believe all of what God says. Amen? Now listen to 1 Peter 3.20 in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits now in prison, who once were disobedient, when the patient of God kept waiting in the days of Noah, during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through the water. So the simple truth, God does wait. And you should be eternally thankful that God does wait. I know I am. Listen to 2 Peter 3.9. It testifies, 
The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Cogitate on this. God is waiting today, just like in the day of Noah. God's promise of judgment is true, and it will come at the exact moment God the Father has ordained for it to occur. Remember, there's an appointed time for everything, and that day, my fellow disciples, is included in every event. And humanity may think they know, but the plain old truth, only the Father knows the exact instant on that day, and hears that truth. It's Matthew 24, 35 through 39. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angel of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. Now I will ask you, look around you, what do you see? Let me testify, if you are a disciple of Jesus, then God's Word and Spirit is alive in you, then you will be in readiness. Listen to Luke 12, 35-37. Be dressed in readiness, and keep your lamps lit. Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast, so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will gird himself to serve, and have them recline at the table, and will come up, and wait on them. Are you in readiness? Let me ask you this. And if Jesus came at this exact moment, what, where, and how would he find you? Would he find you in a turbulent relationship with your spouse, children, or others? Would your heart be filled with bitterness, anger, hatred, and unforgiveness? Is your flesh in control of how you are living? Would he find you in a state of lust, lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life? What would he see as your practice? Remember, Jesus' eyes are a flame of fire. Would you run to him or would you shrink back? Just remember what Jesus says in Matthew 24:42. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. So, how does waiting develop you spiritually? Well, I will testify from experience. Patience, my fellow disciples, you gain patience. Because in order to be patient, you must learn how to wait. And you find yourself being patient toward others as well and even myself, because God is patient with me. 
You acquire spiritual stamina. You can stand and face circumstances versus sagging under its preconceived weight. And that would be W-E-I-G-H-T. Your ability to face difficult situations head on. Your confidence level increases because your faith, trust, and belief in God grows immensely. You become more aware of the power provided by God the Holy Spirit. God equips you with the capability to endure and persevere through the trials, tests, and waiting, maintaining the ability to press on through adversity. You learn of God's ways, God's will, God's character, God's faithfulness, God's promises, and his words and truths by reading, studying, meditating, and writing God's word on a tablet of your heart. God's promises ignite in courage, fortitude, and strength within your essence, and you learn to wait for the Lord. Listen to Isaiah 40, 31. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Every disciple that waits gains new strength. And that strength is from God because it's in God. And although there are times when your essence is crying out for weakness, God the Holy Spirit empowers you to fix your eyes, heart, and mind on Jesus. Remember Hebrews 12, 2? God provides spiritual strength to respond in obedience to his calling on your life so that as his workmanship, you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, as Colossians 1 testifies. Your spiritual service of worship is generated by the power, work, teaching, and inspiration of God the Holy Spirit. God equips you to become capable of utilizing its newfound spiritual strength, mobility, guidance, influence through the spiritual gifts imparted to you by God. You develop a newfound level of patience as one of the numerous fruit that God bestows on you as you learn how to wait on God and you become content in the place where God has led you and you respond in love, faithfulness as you experience true spiritual wellness. And Micah 6.8 becomes a reality in you. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Waiting on God becomes a natural aspect of your spirituality, and you learn to look to God first, especially if you have set some sort of mark or line in the sand for when you think you should or you think how you should. It's about actively seeking God's will, God's plan, and God's purpose. It's being faithful and obedient to incline your ear and heart to his voice for any specific life situations. You begin to live with a kavah type of life, an expectant, hopeful wait, which many call anticipation.
which is an act of expecting or foreseeing God's will, work, and plan come into fruition as you love, serve, honor, and obey his commands. Doesn't that sound like Hebrews 11.1? 1? Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And Romans 8.24-26, For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. How about Galatians 5, 4 through 6? For we through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. So, you will either live in the light of the Lord's righteousness and trust God, or you won't. NGA. As we conclude, Listen to these promises of God and write them on the tablet of your heart. It's Lamentations 3, 24 through 26. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. To the person who seeks him, it is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5. Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motive of men's hearts, and then each man's praise will come to him from God. As we head back up, Take this with you. God will test you. And the testing is not for him. It's for you, my fellow disciples. So when you see the test, remember, fix your eyes on Jesus and look for God and what he is teaching you in the test. And when the test is over, you will have what you need to press on as you journey toward the narrow gate. Amen? Remember, the test is never for right here. It's always for down there, as God prepares you as his workmanship. When you need to wait, the lesson is about learning patience. Welcome it because patience is an attribute that God himself possesses. Remember, God not only waits, he is patient as well. Remember, be on the alert as Matthew 24, 42 commands, for you do not know which day our Lord is coming. And Matthew 24:44 reaffirms this truth. For this reason, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. And if it's today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. How and where will he find you? Wisdom cries in Proverbs 8.34, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, 
waiting at my doorpost. You will need wisdom as a disciple of Jesus. And one of the amazing blessings of God, when he commands wisdom, you possess it forever. And wisdom is a necessity for a fuller spiritual life. Wisdom and spiritual life are interlocked within your essence by the power and work of God the Holy Spirit. And this wisdom is from God and it brings forth more than man's wisdom and the world's wisdom will ever provide. Listen to what wisdom has to say to you and watch daily and wait patiently at our doorposts. Amen. It's uh, Proverbs 8. 22 through 31. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. From everlasting I was established. From the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While he had not yet made the earth and the fields, nor the first dust of the world, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he inscribed a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when the springs of the deep became fixed, when he set for the sea its boundary so that the water would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundation of the earth, then I I was beside him as a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the world, his earth, and having my delight in the sons of men. That should be enough to convince you to wait at her doorposts. Amen. You must believe and always remember. It was God, is God, and will always be God doing the work in and through his creation for his pleasure and glory. Let me pray for you. Abba, I love you and thank you for today. This is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, this has been an amazing period of time since November that you placed on my heart that I would be a tractor-trailer driver and secure my CDL. I had no idea that it would take seven months in order for your work to come to fruition. Thank you for intervening that day on the course. I know I saw one thing, yet the vehicle did what you desired. I know those men that were observing me were in awe, just like I was. I knew what needed to transpire as well, and it was well beyond my capability, yet nothing is impossible for you. Thank you for teaching me patience. Thank you for teaching me not only to wait on you, but how to wait for you. I know there are many out there that are having difficulty in this time in their life of waiting. Bring them the same patience that you brought forth by the fruit of your spirit. Because patience is necessary. Because there is a tendency for us to set up a time and a place and a thing that we think need to be done. 
empower us to uh, have the ability to look to you and trust you that all things will happen in your timing according to your predetermined plan and will. And when we are uncertain, you will give us confidence and faith to believe that you cause all things to work together for good. Thank you for giving us eyes to see and perceive and ears to hear and understand. Thank you for my new heart and spirit and you placing your spirit in me. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your love. Thank you for listening. Thank you for responding. Thank you for waiting. Thank you for your spirit. And thank you. And we are so, so grateful for Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name I ask and pray all these things. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great day of worship and keep walking the way.